Hallelujah. Praise you. Father, we thank you this morning and we praise you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship you. And Lord, as we do lift those things up that might be burdening, burdening us down this morning, that might be overclouding our mind and our thinking, that might be overclouding our ability to sing and to worship, Lord, we just lift that and we give it to you this morning. We pour it onto you and we allow you to take those things away from us. And Lord, we focus on you. We focus on our Savior, Jesus Christ, who marched into that city in Jerusalem. Knowing what his fate was, knowing what was going to happen, but he did it willingly. He did it for us, and we thank you for that, Lord. Father, we praise you and thank you, and we give you glory this morning. And I thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to be here this morning and just want to say Peggy and I had a good week last week and thank you guys, all you guys for your cards and your gifts and it made everything special and more special and we were able to have a good time together and to um, rest some and so it was, it was a great time. Thank the Lord for being able to get away sometimes and just pour everything out to him. Amen. You know, last two weeks we've been talking about passion and and and, God, and the love that Jesus had in that. And last week Darren shared on humble love. The first week was just talking about what it wasn't the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was the love for us. And last week Darren talked about the humble love. And I talked the first week about everything that Jesus did was fueled by love fueled by his love for us and today we're going to talk about per perfect love and the, the word says that you know he was, Jesus was focused on the joy set before him what he knew was going to happen and the joy that he had and you know as we this is going to be related not only to the perfect love that Jesus had and not only the race that the, the, the journey that he was in, the mission, but also in our mission and how what he did should f fuel our relationship and fuel the mission and the journey that he has. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter and the 24th verse. It says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? So no matter what race, you know, if you see races and there's, there's people running in them, right? There's more than one. And everybody's running for the same thing, right? They're running to get a prize. It says, so run to win. If you're going to run, you might as well run to win, right? If you're going to be in a race, you might as well run to win. And so all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. And that's what Jesus did. He ran his race on earth for an eternal prize. One of those eternal prizes was for us. That he would sacrifice his life so that we could live that lifestyle that he lived. 
And so the last part of it says, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I'm just not, I'm, Paul's saying, I'm, not, I'm just not messing around. I'm not just boxing a shadow. And, 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 and that's what Jesus did. And in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You know, one of the ways that, that love is perfected is through endurance. And Jesus' love was perfected or was completed because he endured to the end. He endured everything he was supposed to endure. So, or you can say his love was perfected through endurance. Or we can say that perfect love creates endurance. When Jesus came on what we call Palm Sunday, he came into the city. And I'll talk about that at the end. But he looked over the city and he began to weep. Because he's like, they don't understand what's getting ready to happen. <laughs> they don't know. You know, and also they were looking for a superhero or a king, but a superhero. You know, so they were looking for somebody to come in and wipe everything out, and then they could take over. They didn't realize what he was doing and what he was there for and how he would do it. And he wept because he knew they didn't understand, and he knew when, when, when he went through what he was going to go through, and when he got up on that cross, that they were going to be very disappointed they were gonna be like wait a minute this is not what <laughs> he's supposed to be doing right but his perfect love knew what he had to do and it was the only way to do it later on a lot of them realized that so one i want to relate that to us and our walk this morning and how even before Jesus got on the cross, what he did affected our walk. It affected who we are. He gave us, what, a great example of what we're to do. So endurance requires commitment to the cause. It, endurance requires, you got to, in order to endure, you got to be committed. If you go into something, if Jesus had a win in us, he really wasn't committed, he'd have never made it, right? He'd have never endured it. And, 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 you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, he was Jesus. He was Jesus. He was the Son of God. He still is. But he lived in a human body, so he had to transform that body and have the endurance to run that race, even though he knew what was going to. A lot of times we don't really know what's going to happen, but he knew exactly what was going to happen. So Jesus is, was committed and still is committed to the cause, his mission, his journey. And he was giving us that example. He came in to the city, and they, as Robert said, they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. And, you know, and a lot of them may have been excited about that because they thought he was going to come in and wipe it all out. Can you imagine 
what happened when all of a sudden he gets arrested? Jesus was and still is perfect love. You know, that word perfect can also mean completed, completed love. You know, we have to choose whether we accept that or not. We all have a point in our lives where we, we decide, do we accept that Jesus is who he said he was? Do we accept that perfect love that he has for us? See, he's a perfecter of our face, of our faith, and he, we have to run that race with him. So what do we have to do to, to what is required of us to run this race? What about Jesus' perfect love transferred in us makes us? We have to be able to keep our eyes on the cross. Fix our eyes on what happened that day. Now, we don't fix our eyes on the cross and picture Jesus still there because he's not. But we picture what happened on that day. What that perfect love meant. As, as every time the nail was driven, every time anything happened, he was spit on, he was jeered at all that was his he was returning his love back he was proving his purpose perfect love so we have to fix our eyes one 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 of the um, translations says fix our gaze you know your gaze is something you really just you're gazing at you just keep it but how many of us have our gaze fixed on him or how many of you have your gaze fixed on something else and you just glance every once in a while? You just glance at the, like, well, um, you know, or things happen and so you glance at the cross because you want Jesus to do something and then you take it back off as soon as it's done. That's why you're f defeated. That's why you can't live a victorious life because you don't keep your eyes on who he is, on that love that he shared for us you know we, we sometimes we only gaze across when we can't handle things that are happening around us and we're trying to do it our way but it doesn't work out so we need to fix our eyes we need to fix our eyes on the cross and on what jesus did and in that you know one of the ways to do it is never stop praying first thessalonians 5 17 says never stop praying and you know prayer is communication with God. So never stop praying. You say, well, I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have to do this. Well, you know what? There is no limit on the amount of time we can spend with God. We can train ourselves. We, we, we can do all kinds of multitasking. We can train ourselves to communicate with God all the time. I say sometimes, especially in the midst of those things, you better be communicating you better say, God, you know, what, what is my next step? What do I do next? How do I do this? How do I? You know, Jesus was in communication with God all the time. He, was, he, he said, I only do what I hear my father say. So he was listening, and he was doing 
this and this. Even when he got to the point in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was like, if there's any other way, can we do it a different way? Because he knew physically and mentally he was getting ready to go through. All right? He knew exactly what was going to happen. And so he was saying, you know, if there's just some other way, let's go that route. But then he's, you know, I know there's not. And I have to do what I have to do. And then he was... From the, you know, it's kind of like we, we, when we get to that place of realization of this is what we have to do, then we do it. And we don't look back. Jesus never looked back after that point. He walked head on into what he had to do, how he had to show his love for us. So we um, have to endure whatever the race brings to us. You know, we have to, the, some of the things that Jesus had to endure was frustration, pain, hardship. And we have to learn to do that same thing. That's going to happen. <laughs> but we have to learn how to go through it. Do we always do it exactly right? No. But we learn every time. So the next time it's not, hopefully, <laughs> as tough as it was the first time. And then we look when we look back at Jesus' example, we look back and see that perfect love. We can get through it. You know, we have to, um, when you think about what we celebrate now as Palm Sunday, and we look about what Jesus is getting ready to do, and, you know, as Robert said, he had just, um, Lazarus had just risen from the dead. He he raised him from the dead, and then he walked towards Jerusalem to that city. And he knew the whole time he was walking. You know, this awesome thing just happened. You know, we would be like, well, God, that just happened, so I, I don't think I need to have to go through the rest of this stuff. That would probably be a lot of our thinking. But Jesus, no, he knew what he had to do, and he was willing to do it. Thank God he was willing to do it. And he went through it, and he could have changed his mind. So he knew what was going on. And so he, through this, he's the example to us. This is how we live our life. This is how we walk as Christians. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, Could it have seemed to Jesus that he was getting ready and he was facing nothing but difficulties? He was going to even have his own to turn on him? He was facing difficulties. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Now, does that in your human mind make any sense? But see, Jesus, his mind, he was fixed on the joy that knowing that we were all going to be with him, he was doing it for a purpose. He looked at his purpose, and he gave him joy. Let me read that again. When it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. 
For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs you up in the power of endurance. So when your faith is tested, when Jesus' faith was, in t was tested during this time, it gave him endurance. It stirred up inside of him the power of endurance. You know, I think when we're, we're depending on that, we in ourselves look at times when we had to be, we endured things that seemed hopeless. And we carry that on with us. We carry that on through with us. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. In other words, the, long, the more you do it, the more you endure, the more that you can endure. Right? It's kind of like if you're um, uh, in sports. The more you endure, the more you train, the more you practice, the more you go through those hard things, the more you're able to do. So if we will take that into our lives like Jesus did, the more we're able to do. We're able to come to that time when that's it. Jesus was able to come to that time. So it said, for the joy set before him. There wasn't um, joy right there in the midst of it necessarily, but there was joy set before him. When we can look at the end result, when we're building something or, 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 or you know, doing yard work, whatever, we do it because we know what it's going to look like later on. When you deal with flowers and stuff, Peggy likes a lot of flowers. And when spring comes, you say, oh, that's why we did it. <laughs> they're beautiful. You know, they're, they're pretty. Or just, when you plant a garden, I mean, it, it, it takes more than just throwing the seed out there. You've got to take care of it and keep it. But then when the fruit starts coming off, then you're like, yes, that's why we did all that. And you know that it's worth it. You know, in John 16, 33, in this life you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. In other words, get joyful, because you know I've overcome the world. And James 1, 2 reminds us to count it all joy when we face various trials. Count it all joy. Jesus counted the joy. Let me say this, um, look at the joy in it. Look at the joy that's going to happen through it. You don't, as we said the other week, you don't thank him for the situation necessarily. When it's a bad situation, you don't thank him for that, but you thank him for what's coming out of it. You thank him for who he is. You give him praise for who he is. And, you know, the decision that Jesus made, I mean, think about this. Jesus is the Son of God, right? And according to the Word, he had thousands of angels. He could have said, come, let's wipe these out and, and be done with this. In the world's eyes, that was a foolish decision, right? <laughs> I mean, that was a death sentence. It was... It was um, not only 
death, but it was shame. Getting put on a criminal's cross was shame. And you were put up in front of everybody for everybody to see. It was a punishment for criminals. And Jesus took that on himself for us. He took That was perfect love. Love is what fueled him, what drove him, because he loved us. So he was willing to die for the joy set before him. You know, one of the joys is that resurrection, we'll talk about next Sunday, but when he was resurrected from the dead and the joy that his people were eternally saved. That's the joy. Jesus had joy in being the sacrifice that reconciles sinners like me and you to God. Amen? Romans 8, 17 says, And since we are his children, we are his heirs. So when Jesus did that and we accept Christ, we become joint heirs with him. So we inherit whatever Jesus inherits. Eternal life. You know, that's the main thing. And I believe the, 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 the ability to live a better life here on earth. That's our inheritance. A life that is full of his peace. His joy, His love that carries us through whenever, you know, whenever we don't want to be that. Right? We don't want to be loved. We don't want to, you know, there's times I'm sure that each of us that we're like, you know, I just don't want to do this. But the more you do it, the more you come to the fact, I do want to do this. The, the, the more you walk. And then he says, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. In other words, we have to endure through just like he endured. We can't just expect to just walk through everything and not ever go through in those things, not ever see those things happen. Because they will happen because we live in a fallen world and we have these bodies that aren't perfect. Now, we don't have to wallow in that. We don't have to say, well, I'm just poor old tore up person. We don't have to wallow in that. We have to stand strong in him, knowing who we are in Christ. Knowing that, I mean, sometimes it's, you think it's almost humanly impossible for Jesus to do what he did on that cross. But you know what? Jesus didn't give up till it was time to give up the ghost. To give up. And then when it was time, Father, here it is. That's the way we need to be. That's the way that we need to walk our journey with him. Never give up until it's time. How many people have given up way too soon? Maybe not finished their mission. Maybe not finished their purpose. Because going back to what they fixed their eyes on, they fixed it on the circumstances. They fixed it on the problems and not on Christ and not on 
the mission he has for us. And not on the joy that's set before us. There's joy set before us. Even though it don't look like it around us right now, there is. So we have to focus on the joy that's set before us. And remember, you are not alone. God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So you're not alone in this thing, right? And you've got to allow, I'll say this, you have to allow him to be a part of it. So if you allow him to, you won't be alone in anything you go through. You won't be alone. You know, Jesus wasn't alone on the cross. God was with him the whole way. He was talking to God the whole way. You know, when he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, he was not alone on that cross. He felt the love of his father the whole time. And we should feel that too. John 14, 16 said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So, see, Jesus was telling his disciples. He was telling us, because he knew we were going to read it one day. He was saying, I'm going to give you another. I'm leaving this earth. My human body's leaving. And I'm leaving. But I'm going to leave you somebody else. I'm going to leave you an advocate. I'm going to leave you somebody that's even going to be able to do a better job than me. What? Who could do a better? In other words, the Spirit of God is omnipresent. The Spirit of God is everywhere. So he's going to be able to do all that. You don't have to come to my meetings, basically. You don't have to come to where I am at to get what you need from me because I'm going to be everywhere. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the way the Holy Spirit works. Amen? Because of the way the Holy Spirit works, I'm going to be there. Hebrews 13, 5 says it this way in the Passion. It says, don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. For you always have God's presence. For he has, for hasn't he promised you? I will never leave you, never. And I will not loosen my grip on your life. He's not going to let go of you. I don't care what you do, how far away you try to get away from him, how far you try to run, how far you try to do this, because he says, I'll never lose my grip on you. I won't, I'll never let go of you, ever. I've got you, and I'll never let go of you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. <laughs> Isn't that awesome to know that? You know what we have to do? We have to settle in our hearts that we believe that. No matter how it feels sometimes, no matter how lonely it feels, and how you feel like, well, where is God? He's still there. It's kind of like this, you know, you can have the radio on, but if you got it turned all the way down, you don't hear anything. You don't know it's there. But when you turn it up, oh, yeah, it's still there. 
I just need to listen. I need to tune myself in and hear what he has to say and walk with him. And you know, and some people say, well, it just didn't work for me. Did you really push through it? Matthew 28, 20 in the Amplified says, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age, even till the end of eternity, he's with us. I love that. He remains with you perpetually. He's always in motion. He's always where you're at. Perpetually, he's there. And even when you're not moving, the perpetual motion is there. We just have to pick it up and go. We have to remember that he's there and that he's with us. It says regardless of the circumstance, it doesn't matter what's happening or what's going on. It didn't matter with Jesus when he was on that cross what was happening, what was going on, right? God was there, and he knew that. And that's what gave him the peace. You might say, well, it probably didn't hurt him. Yes, it did. Those nails driven in his hand hurt. That spear stabbed in his side hurt. Those beatings hurt. Those thorns hurt. Have you ever been stuck by a thorn? It hurts. Imagine if you can't get it out. He's remaining with you perpetually. On and on and on and on and forever and forever. So you say, well, how do I walk this walk like Jesus did? How can I grasp hold of this perfect love? How can I make the best of, first of all, you got to trust God. That's what Jesus did. He trusted his father. We have to trust God. We have to trust what Jesus did for us. We have to trust him. No matter what it looks like, I trust God. You know, when it comes down to it, Anything here on this earth is just temporary. Money, fame, fortune, whatever, it's temporary. Some things we need to live, and Jesus, God promised he'd give us what we needed. I'm not sure about all the wants above that, but he said, I'll give you what you need. Look at the birds. It's in Matthew 6. Look at the birds. Look at the fowl of the air. Look at the flowers out in the field. They don't toil. They, don't, they just grow. And I feed them, and they have what they need to look pretty. Right? You know, and um, everything. Trust God. The second thing is exercise your faith. Put your faith into action. Put your faith into action. So that's what Jesus did. He put his faith into action. That's what the disciples did. That's what Paul did. He put his faith into action. No matter what happened to Paul, he praised God. Right? He was in the prison. What did he do? He praised God. And guess what happened? He was delivered. And not only delivered, but he was able to... to See, he was delivered so that he could fulfill his purpose. And that was to bring all those people to Christ. That's what he was here for. He didn't just get delivered just to be delivered. 
He got delivered for his purpose. Amen? And that's what we need. So we need to exercise. We need to put our faith into action. When things happen, we need to praise God, give him the glory for, for what he's doing and what he's done in our life. In other words, we need to thank him. As Paul and them did, they thanked him ahead of time. They didn't wait till it happened. They gave him praise and thanks before it happened. How much more thankful that would make you when it did happen? How much more excited? You know, one thing is could be because of the people look with their eyes on you, it happened, and they're like, wow, look what he did. He said it was going to happen, and it did. So exercise your face. The third thing is rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. We are, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us his power. Amen? And the power of the Holy Spirit, first it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to, to bring us to Christ and for us to believe in it. And then the power of the Holy Spirit brings us through our walk. When we rely on the Holy Spirit, it carries, he carries us through our walk. He's the one that communicates with us. He's the one that we need to be able to communicate with because he's the power. He's the advocate. He's the one that keeps us connected to God and to Jesus. Rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, when we realize what Jesus did for us, we realize what drove him. We realize the passion that he had for us. We realize that that love was perfect love. That's perfect love. Love that conquers love that pushes through love that endures love that keeps on going and keeps on going you know what and when Jesus died on the cross it didn't stop because he went and did he went to hell and brought all those out that would come he went took the keys of of death he took all that from the enemy he went and did what Christ wanted him to do and he rose back up now, you think about that. When you're gone here, you ain't wanting to come back, right? But he knew that was part of what he was supposed to do. So he rose from the dead. <laughs> and we'll talk about that part next week more. You know, we celebrate this. We should celebrate it every day in our lives. But there are special times that we put aside special things. We celebrate his birth. We celebrate his resurrection. I wanted to um, read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, first and second verses in the Passion again. So I wanted to read in the Passion because I like some of the things that it says. You know, we read it in the New Living before. It says, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. All of these great witnesses, all the heavens. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. 
we got to let go of those things. Otherwise, let's get past it. Get past those wounds. You know those wounds were wounds. And there might be a scar there, but we don't have to dwell on that, right? We don't have to keep dwelling on it. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. That's what Jesus did. That's what this perfect love was all about. And he did it with passion and determination. And that's the only way we'll make it through this life. For the path has been already marked out before us. God's already marked out the path. We just got to follow it, guys. We got to have determination and passion that we're going to go and do what God has called us to do. And that place is already marked out. You know what a marker is, right? It's something that alerts you. That's where you go next. That's where, when you're traveling, there's all kind of markers. There's signs. Turn right here. Such and such is there. Such and such is there. So when it says, I, I feel like when it says mark, our path's already marked out, there are already markers all down through there. We just got to recognize them and follow that when it says turn, turn. When it says stop, stop. When it says go, go. When it says kick into it, kick into it. When it says turn left, when it says uh, jump or whatever, we, we have to follow those markers. And Christ, God has a plan and a purpose marked out for every one of us. We got to see those markers and recognize those markers. And you know what? You can do it even in the dark. You know, there are markers down the highway. They reflect the light when, they hit, when, your, when your lights hit them. And you know how to stay in line. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation on Jesus. So we look away from what's going on in the natural or what we think might be the right way in the natural and we focus our attention and our ex, what we expect on the Jesus who birthed faith within us. How is faith birthed within us? From Jesus, from God. And who leads us forward into face what? Perfection. Face completion. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. Isn't that awesome? His heart was focused on the joy. That joy set before him was knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. Now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, he endured that. And now he's, where else could, how much higher could he be? Right? This is perfect love. That's what perfect love is and was about. That's what that Hosanna unto the highest was all about. That's what that day was all about. He was getting ready to go into this, but he, this is when he sealed it. He decided to go forward. He sealed it. And he was ready to go through whatever it took. We have to come to a point in our lives that when we seal it, when we're ready to keep going forward. And Jesus was being our example. I want to read, I have this, I want to read this Luke 19. 
42 through 44, it says, How I wish today, this is when he comes to that place and he's looking over the city of Jerusalem. He said, How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace. He looked at that knowing that most of them weren't going to do that. They weren't going to understand what was happening. They weren't going to understand that way. He said, but now it's too late. Could you imagine? He's going to do what he's got, but he's looking at these people that he knows that it's too late for them to understand. Could you imagine what's going on in his heart? When he is driven and fueled by love and he knows that they've, it's, it's too late. I mean, think about it. So he had to put his eyes on the joy set before that. That was us who were going to accept that and believe that. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. You know what? He didn't let that stop him. (laughs) Even though, even though he knew that for them it was too late for them to recognize the peace, to recognize who he was. But after he endured the cross, after he was resurrected, they would see A lot of them would see. Some of them would. Some of them wouldn't. But we would. He looked down and saw each one of us and said, they're going to recognize that one day. That's what keeps me going. That's the joy. Not the pain that he had looking at that. Not the suffering in his heart to look at that and be saddened by that. Hallelujah. That's what it's all. Let's stand this morning. That's what that is about. You know, we have to stand up to anything, everything, all ridicule, all whatever that comes against us because of our stance for Christ. And people will say, you're crazy or whatever. You shouldn't do that. But the joy set before us is what, when we know that by us enduring that, that we can see people. We may not see those right in front of us, but we see those that will, will look to him. And we will feel like that we're doing what he's called us to do. You know, we need to, I'm sure right now we've got all kinds of things in our mind. We've got all kinds of people we're looking at and wondering, wow, Lord, Lord, Lord. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Jesus, I thank you for enduring the cross. I thank you for your perfect love shed for us. And I thank you for the joy that is set before us, Lord. And we look to that this morning. We don't look at the circumstances around us. We don't look at the junk going on around us. We don't look on what's happening in the world right now. But we keep our eyes fixed on you. Because we know the joy's coming. Joy's coming in the morning. Hallelujah. Joy is coming. And we're excited about that. That's what keeps us going. And Father, I pray for every person in this room, every person in the sound of my voice, Lord, that they would recognize that. And maybe they're not living in a place of joy right now. They're living in a place that they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but they put their eyes and their trust in you. I pray that they will look to you.
And I pray that the words that I've spoken today will penetrate their hearts and they will search and they will see how you can give them peace when there's no peace. Joy when there's no joy. And if they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, Father God, that they will look to you. So, Father, we thank you and praise you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We thank you for all that you are doing in our midst. We thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for our future because our future is bright in you. And I give you all the praise and all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Image Church. We've got some exciting things coming up throughout the week. Tuesday evening, ladies, there will be a women's fellowship here. Make sure you sign up at the information desk so we can count how many heads will be joining us for that. We look forward to all the ladies being there and having a good time. And then next Sunday, Easter morning, we get to come and celebrate a risen Savior starting at 8.30. Services at 8.30. Tiffany, that's a.m. <laughs> So make sure you set your alarms a little extra early. We look forward to seeing everybody here. Bring all your family. Bring all your friends. We're going to celebrate a risen Savior that morning. Then right after morning worship, we're going to go into a breakfast time. There is a sign-up sheet in the front for people to help prepare as well as to break down for that breakfast that morning. So please sign up on either or both ends of that because the more hands, the faster everything goes. Then following that, there will be an iKids Easter egg hunt. So make sure you bring your little ones to be a part of that, and we'll have a great day celebrating a risen Savior. Then, the following Saturday, we're going to have a church picnic over here in Beatty's Park. We hope everybody will come out. We're going to have some fun out in the sun, hopefully. <laughs> It'll be a nice, warm, beautiful day. We're looking forward to that. So make sure you're a part of everything that's going on in and around Image Church. We'll be announcing further weeks coming soon. Please check out the Information Center for any sign-up sheets. Have a blessed day.